Hello everyone, and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. As usual, all of the latest news from J2 and J3 is coming your way very shortly. Uh, I'm John Steele, hosting part one this week. First of all, I'm going to run you through six of the matches from the J2 weekend, round 28. After that, James Taylor has the rest of the action, the other five games from the J2 weekend. Then in part three, I got together with Victor Arroyo uh, to have a chat about the state of J2 uh, as we enter the final third of the season. And it won't surprise you at all to learn that we uh, we leaned heavily into talking about Kanazawa uh, on the pod as they continue to struggle uh, down in the relegation zone. So a kind of deep dive on Kanazawa with Victor is coming up uh, later. And after that, there's the usual J3 roundup in JTalk Short Corner with Magic Mike Innes. Without further ado, let's talk about six of the J2 games from last weekend then, round 28. We'll start at the top of the table with Machida Zelvia. They won 2-1 at home against Tokushima, so they got the three points that they, uh, they craved, but it was hard work at times. Renji Matsui nearly put Machida in front early on, but he fired over from about six yards when the ball was knocked down to him. Machida did go ahead though in the 32nd minute after some good work from their striker Shota Fujio. He easily brushed Taro Sugimoto off the ball in midfield and then he played in Eric who eased into the penalty area and comfortably beat the Tokushima goalie Jose Aurelio Suarez to make it 1-0. 15 goals for the season uh, for Eric now. The lead only lasted a couple of minutes though as Tokushima levelled straight away with a strike from El Sino. Good work down the Tokushima left from Yorichio Kakitani set up Kaito Mori on the edge of the Machida box. Mori shaped to shoot, but then played in El Sino for a low finish at William Pope's near post from about 18 yards. So 1-1 one, one, uh, after about 35 minutes. After that, Tokushima had to thank Kakitani twice for saving their skins. He cleared a goal-bound header off the line before half-time, and then he did the same thing in a goal-line clearance in the second half when a shot from Fujio had beaten Suarez and was heading into the net. So a surprisingly strong defensive performance from Kakitani. Obviously, we normally see him lighting things up at the other end of the pitch. Machida did eventually get a winner midway through the second half, with Fujio involved again, an impressive display from him. He was too quick and too strong for his marker, Ryoga Ishio, down the Machida right, and he was able to put a low cross into the penalty area, where El Sino was very worried about where Eric was, uh, about Eric's position, and El Sino, Brazilian defender, ended up putting the ball into his own net for an own goal. And that's how it finished, Machida 2, Tokushima 1. An important win for Machida, their first in three games after a mini wobble, and it keeps them six points clear of Iwata at the top of the table. Tokushima, meanwhile, look very uncomfortable down at the bottom in 20th. They're level on points with 21st placed Kanazawa, and only three goals better off on goal difference. Jubilo Iwata kept up the pressure on Machida thanks to a late winner from Ryo Germain in their game away at Iwaki. It finished Iwaki nil, Iwata won. Shota Kanako nearly put Iwata in front early on when he clipped the ball over the Iwaki keeper Shikano at close range, but Iwaki defender Ryo Endo did really well to clear the ball off the line. 
Then, in a similar situation, five minutes into the second half, it was Iwata's turn uh, to produce a goal-line clearance. Ricardo Grassa was in a perfect position to repel a deflected shot from Daiki Yamaguchi. Plenty of uh, goal-line clearances uh, around J2 at the weekend. The vital goal in this game came with just five minutes to go when Daiki Ogawa put in a cross from the Iwata right. Naoki Kanuma's shot was blocked, but the ball fell just right for Jermaine to fire in from about 12 yards, uh, and that was uh, the vital winner. So Iwaki nil, uh, Iwata 1 was the full-time score, and as mentioned, Iwata are 6 points behind the leaders, Machida, 3 ahead of uh, Tokyo Verdi in 3rd place. Iwata also on a good unbeaten run of 10 matches now. For Iwaki, this was their first defeat in 8, they've been in good form as well. They stay 3 points clear of the relegation zone in 18th. And speaking of third place Tokyo Verdi, their home game against Mito finished 0-0 at Ajinomoto Stadium. As usual for a Verdi home game these days, they had lots of possession but struggled to create many clear-cut chances and this makes it an incredible nine home games in a row without a win for them. Mito sort of had the best chance in a, in a pretty drab game when Yuki Kusano hit the post, but uh, he was uh, offside and uh, the flag was raised, so that goal wouldn't have counted uh, anyway. So not too much to report from Ajinomoto. It finished Tokyo Verdi nil, Mito nil. And as mentioned, Verdi somehow are holding on to third place, three points behind Iwata, and at fourth place Shimizu are three points behind Verdi. On to Shimizu then, and they are fourth after a narrow but just about deserved 1-0 home win against Okayama. Not many shots on target in the first half of this game, although I think Shimizu were, were the better side. Ten minutes into the second half, Okayama keeper Daiki Hota had to make a good block from a Ronaldo header at a corner. In the 59th minute though, Shimizu went in front when another Brazilian, Carlinos Jr., played a 1-2 with Yuto Suzuki on the edge of the penalty area, skipped past a pretty half-hearted Yasutaka Yanagi challenge and then confidently beat Hota to make it 1-0. It was nearly 2-0 after that when Suzuki picked up possession out wide on the Shimizu right. He sent a curling ball into the penalty area. I'm still not sure if it was intended as a cross or a shot, but it hit the far post and the Okayama escaped. Uh, and that was the end of the serious chances. It finished Shimizu 1, Okayama 0. A first win in three games for Shimizu, and it keeps them uh, on an unbeaten run, uh, which is at six games now. As mentioned, they're three points behind Tokyo Verdi. For Okayama, meanwhile, they're seven points off the playoffs in 10th. In fifth place are Kofu. Now, they're level on points with Shimizu, but way behind on goal difference. Uh, Kofu's plus nine, uh, positively dwarfed by Shimizu's plus 28. And uh, Kofu had a day to forget on Saturday evening. They were beaten 3-0 away at Loli Tochigi. Kofu gave a J-League debut to goalkeeper Kodai Yamuchi, and he uh, certainly won't forget his first J-League game in a hurry. Tochigi went ahead in the 38th minute with Koki Oshima heading in Sho Omori's corner. I'm not sure why Kofu didn't have a man on the far post for this uh, set piece. Guys, it's, it's Tochigi away, you know. But it was 1-0 uh, at half-time. Kofu had a chance to level early on in the second half, but Tochigi keeper Kazuki Fujita did well to block a close-range effort from Peter Utaka. And the second goal, which was really the crucial one, came from the penalty spot in the 63rd minute. Oshima was latching onto a through ball inside the Kofu penalty area. 
Debutant goalkeeper Yamuchi got excited, rashly came out off his line and dived at Oshima's feet. Oshima made the most of the situation and the contact was minimal as he went down, but a penalty was awarded and Oshima scored it himself to make it 2-0. And then Tochigi rounded off a fine evening's work with a third goal in second half stoppage time from their new signing Ismaila, his first for the club. A left-wing cross wasn't dealt with by the Kofu defence, the ball was sliced up into the air on the edge of the six-yard box and Ismaila took full advantage. He took a touch to control the ball and then smashed it past Yamuchi to make the final score Tochigi 3, Kofu 0. Uh, that leaves Tochigi 17th, still just three points clear of the drop zone, but they're now four games unbeaten. Uh, that might be a little bit misleading because three of those games uh, were draws before this uh, this big win. And Tochigi scored more than twice in a match for the first time since beating, you guessed it, Kanazawa 4-0 back in May. Uh, and Tochigi 3, Kofu 0 was the uh, surprising full-time score. Finally, at Soyu Stadium, there were no goals. It finished Akita nil, Gunma nil, uh, but Akita did everything they could um, to score in this game. I think Gunma will be pretty happy to escape uh, from Tohoku with a point and a clean sheet. Once again, Masatoshi Kushibiki was the Gunma saviour. The goalkeeper made several fine saves. His best one uh, was probably an early low block. He had to get down low to keep out a close-range effort from Ryuji Saito at the far post. This was after one of several uh, very, very wicked Akita corners had caused some chaos in the Gunma box. In the second half, Akita forward Shota Aoki, uh, who always seems to have that little bit of extra motivation when he plays against Gunma, one of his uh, former teams almost broke the deadlock but he put in a shot that was deflected just wide of the post so Akita nil Gunma nil was how that game finished uh, and that means there's not much movement for either side in the table Gunma stay 8th and Akita 13th okay that's all for me uh, for now I'm going to take a break but in a moment you'll hear from James Taylor uh, he has the rest of the uh, round 28 J2 action rounded up for you so uh, please stay tuned here comes James J2 extra time Thanks, John. James Taylor here with the rest of the weekend's games. At the Rizanak Dome in Oita, the home team went down 1-0 to a late goal by Yusuke Goto of Montedio Yamagata. Oita's Hiroto Nakagawa tested Yamagata keeper Masaki Goto with just 12 seconds on the clock, earning a corner. Just after half-time, Oita captain Naoki Nomura hit the crossbar with a free kick, and a few minutes later Yamagata's Rui Yokoyama did the same with a volley from the edge of the area. The decisive moment came in the 85th minute, across from substitute Zane Isaka on the right side of the area, and Goto arriving behind the defender to head in from close range. It ended Oita nil, Yamagata won, so Yamagata climbed to ninth, while Oita dropped out of the playoffs on goal difference to seventh. They're replaced by Vivara Nagasaki, who hammered fellow Kyushu side Ruaso Kumamoto 4-1. Asahi Masuyama blasted Nagasaki ahead after just 54 seconds, an unstoppable effort from about 25 yards into the top right corner. Four minutes later, Juanma Delgado doubled the lead with a header from a corner. The commentators mentioned Nagasaki's average height as the replays were being shown, but you don't need to be tall when your marker fails to follow you, as happened here. Juanma had the ball in the net again midway through the first half, but was offside. Before that, both he and Jun Okano went close as Nagasaki went through Kumamoto as if they weren't even there. Juanma did add Nagasaki's third in the 68th minute, another header from a corner, again unhindered by any defenders marking him. 3-0 became 4-0 in the 82nd minute, the first J-League goal for Kaito Matsuzawa, 
who dribbled into the box from near the centre circle and shot into the bottom corner. Rei Hirakawa pulled one back for Kumamoto, a neat turn and powerful left-footed strike from 25 yards, but it ended 4-1. Nagasaki are 6th, a point behind 5th place Kofu, and 6th off the automatic promotion spots. Kumamoto slide to 15th, 4 points clear of relegation, on a run of 3 straight defeats, and no wins in 8. Also bombing along in mid-table are Vagalta Sendai and Fujieda Mai FC, who drew 1-1, despite Fujieda having a man sent off for a foul after just 24 seconds. Defender Kotaro Wakahara was the culprit, hauling down Ho Yongjun as the last man. It took Sendai 41 minutes to take advantage of their extra man, Ho Yongjun heading them into the lead shortly before half-time. They couldn't kill the game off though. Motohiko Nakajima hit the bar in first half stoppage time, as did Ryo Makida in the 64th minute, and they were made to pay for those near misses in the 69th minute, as a loose ball rolled kindly for Shohei Kawakami on the edge of the area to score. There was still time for Sendai's Masato Nakayama to hit the bar in injury time, but Sendai's winless run stretches to 9 games, and they're in 14th, 5 points clear of relegation. For Fujieda, a fantastic point in their first game after the departures of Ryo Watanabe and Tojiro Kubo. They are 12th, 4 points ahead of Sendai, but winless in 4. After conceding for the first time in 6 games last week, Renofa Yamaguchi's defensive floodgates opened at the Fukuda Denshi Arena, where Jeff United thrashed them 4-0. Koya Kazuma scored the first in the 23rd minute, a shot from the edge of the area. The second followed 10 minutes later, a rebound knocked in by new signing Dudu. Just before half-time, defender Daisuke Suzuki showed the control and finish of a striker to bring down a high ball on the penalty spot and poke it past the onrushing keeper to make it 3-0 at the break. There was a strange moment in the 72nd minute when Jeff's Shogo Sasaki went down in a collision at a corner. Play continued, but Sasaki stayed down and the Jeff bench got increasingly animated until their goalkeeping coach was shown a red card. I didn't see any foul, so I'm not sure what they were getting angry about. There was a red card for Yamaguchi's Riku Kamigaki in the 79th minute for tripping Takaki Fukumitsu when he was the last man. Masaru Hidaka scored the resulting free kick to make it 4-0. Jeff are 11th on 38 points, 7 off the playoffs, 10 clear of relegation, unbeaten in 4 games. Yamaguchi are 19th, 3 points clear of the drop zone, which is occupied by two teams who met in Sunday's only J2 game. Zeigen Kanazawa welcomes new signings Norimichi Yamamoto and Taiki Kato into the side for the visit of Omiya Ardija, who gave first starts to two of their new recruits, Atsushi Kurokawa and Jakub Svirtsok. It was Kurokawa who had the first good chance of the game midway through the first half. All alone in front of goal, keeper Yuto Shirai got just enough on the ball to slow it down and centre-back Honoya Shoji cleared off the line. Soon after though, Shirai had no chance when Svirtsok arrowed a free kick over the wall and into the top right corner with 32 minutes played. Three minutes later, it was 2-0. A pass found Seiya Nakano behind the defence. His shot hit the bar but bounced in off the retreating Yamamoto. Disaster for Kanazawa, dreamland for Omiya. The hosts made three changes at half-time and were able to exert more control over the game, but it was Omiya who had the better second-half chances too. Masato Kojima and Keisuke Murui both going close. Masamichi Hayashi did score for Zergen in the 90th minute, his first goal since mid-May, but... As is so often the case for Kanazawa, it was too little, too late. Final score, Kanazawa 1, Omiya 2. No change to the league table, as Kanazawa remain in 21st with 28 points, level with Tokushima, and Omiya stay bottom but close the gap to safety to 6 points. However, surely there's a big shift in mood with this result.
That's all for the roundup. Stay tuned for some analysis. Hello everyone, welcome back. John Steele here again uh, after running through all of the uh, weekend action from J2 Round 28 and joining me to talk about one game in particular in depth. It's uh, Victor Arroyo uh, a, uh, at JFootball uh, Anali1 on Twitter. Victor, it's been a while. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I am doing good. It is an honor to be here and recording this on your birthday. And yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, thank thank you for not mentioning the number associated oh, with the birthday. Course, I appreciate that. The check, uh, yeah. check, uh, checks in the post for that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. V- Victor, we, we spent some time uh, just chatting off air before recording about how hot it is, and I know it's very very hot in your part of the world as well. So we, uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can uh, we can cool the listeners down with some some J talk. The J2 chat for the next 30 minutes uh, or so. Uh, without further ado, Victor, I think we'd better talk about our big game of the week, which I think you watched in full. Uh, Kanazawa yeah. 1, Omiya 2, this kind of big uh, clash, big clash at the bottom of the table. Um, it didn't go Kanazawa's way, obviously, uh, as the, the scoreline oh, will suggest. Yeah. Um, and you, um, you, you, you reached out to me on Twitter asking to, uh, to kind of come on the pod and offload yeah. uh, about this yeah. game. And I was more than happy to, uh, to oblige or to indulge. I'm just going to lean away from the mic now, uh, Victor, and let, let, let you go ahead. What, what, what did you make of the, uh, of the game? Oh, honestly, that first half was, um, dreadful. Honestly, I think it's the best way to put it. Um, we had a fair amount of chances. Omiya's defense was really, really good. We just kind of couldn't break through that middle four. Um, Kojima was like a real problem. He just uh, We were missing uh, Keita Fujimura. He didn't play this game. And I think it was very evident. Uh, he's one of our... He's probably the best uh, progressive player on our team. Not only with dribbles, but with passing. Um, he's actually top 11, um, for center midfielders, uh, on progressive passes. Um, and Nagamine is actually, uh, top 11 as well in progressive passes for left back. And he played a really good game today. And, you know, unfortunately it wasn't enough because yeah, there seems to be a certain Polish striker that really, uh, yeah, made us look like fools on a set piece play um yeah it was it was really difficult i think our midfield was really bad uh we keep on starting oishi uh when realistically it should be hayashi or honestly suyura um suyura is one of the most efficient scores in the game per 90 minutes right he's number one in non-penalty uh, xg per 90 um he's top three in xg per game and he's top three in shots per 90 and conversion percentage he is extremely efficient even at 34 for us and he barely plays right and i i get it he's a super sub but we're using both hayashi and him as a super sub it it doesn't i don't know where yanagashi doesn't making these decisions uh yeah, Onohara had a really rough game for us. Um, he gave up the ball really a lot in this game. And as for Omiya, um, yeah, I think they're, they were just impossible to kind of get through in the first half. In the second half, our team really turned it around. I think we had a lot of shots on target, a lot of 
um, shots hitting the post. Toyota had a nice, good little moment there at the end where we almost got a goal, but just wasn't enough. And, yeah, I think we did really well in the second half. Hayashi obviously came on, gave us, you know, a nice little point that at least helps us in score differential. So I'll, I'll take that, honestly. Um, it's weird that Shimada didn't start for us because um, I would put him over on Hara any day. And I think the MVP out of the, you know, obviously um, Jacob, uh, who was fantastic on that set piece. Uh, it was a trick. It was sort of like a trick play. It was a free kick. He passed it right back. He just held it a little bit, got a nice little curve on it, and went right in. Honestly, there was nothing the goalkeeper could do. It was just a, one of the most beautiful set-piece plays I've seen all season uh, off a free mm-hmm. kick, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was tough to watch. And then... Obviously, the own goal, which was, uh, yeah, just the, the cherry on top. For Okay, so uh, Takaya Nagani, he got the ball back. He saw a quick open lane. Nobody was covering the middle. One of the most impressive passes I've seen. Mm, uh, I yeah, forgot who exactly lovely. it was that hit the ball. I think it was uh, maybe Kurokawa. Mm, uh, I think uh, Naka- I, I Nakano, yeah, Nakano had the shot. Oh, not going to yeah, do the shot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it hit off uh, Yamamoto, who obviously has come in, and we obviously needed a defender. And I think it's unfortunate, uh, you know, and probably not the best omen uh, to get that own goal. You could tell he was really frustrated. He kind of grabbed onto the le- to the net, kind of looked like he was going to rip it. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. A disastrous first half, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then um, in the second half, we really, really stepped up. I think, um, yeah, Ida on the uh, right side for them kind of got a little sloppy. And Nagamine really just got the space to make a lot of good passes to people. Um, somebody who got subbed out that I thought played really well for us is uh, to- uh, FC Tokyo. Loni uh, Kaijura, who is uh, one of the best crossers, uh, the best crosser on our team, without a doubt, and one of the best crossers in J2. I think he's uh, top five in cross crossing completion. Let me see. I have it written down. Yeah, he's uh, top five cross percentage in J2 um, mm-hmm. for a midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the third worst scorer in all of J2 for a midfielder. Uh, his conversion rate is uh, less than 10%. I mean, that is putrid. This man cannot score a goal to save his life. Um, but I think the connection that he has with Oishi is fantastic. He just lifts the ball. Oishi gets it. He gets to bring it up and dump it off to whoever is coming through. Um, and I'm not saying it's the best strategy, not a strategy I agree with, but it's a strategy that, you know, has kind of worked out for us lately. Um, so that was kind of nice to see. Um, but Omiya's defense is like really something else. They get so compact. They kind of get this mid block sort of in the final third where you just, there's no holes. And really your only hope is what we started doing in the second half, which was just counterattacking a lot more. 
Um, we got a little sloppy, I would say, and we got a little lucky with some of the chances that Omiya couldn't really convert or, you know, a couple botched passes that they had around like the 70th minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think we got, I, I think we were, we had a very unlucky first half and I think we had a very strong showing in the second half. I think we kind of shut them down. We took the game plan to then. We played a lot faster. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, when you're down two goals at halftime and your best two strikers are on the bench, your best midfielder isn't in the game, this is the result you get when you're in a relegation scrap. And, you know, even then, we you know, we still have a nice little cushion, right? I think they have 22 points and we have 28. And if you look at the table... We're only four points away from 16th place, I think. So that's not that bad, mm-hmm. right? I think if you ask me the hierarchy of J2 or where the cutoff line is for relegation candidates and not is Sendai. Sendai, I think, is 14th. Kumamoto, who have just been absolutely horrible for the past five, six weeks, um, they've really dropped down. Um, and I think they're 16th or 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, even though we lost this game, uh, a lot of other teams at the bottom are really, really struggling. And a lot of teams have a worse goal differential than us, which I think is huge. So that's why I was happy that Hayashi came in, even if it was a meaningless goal to the result, you know, I'll take every, everything we can get for goal differential. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's sort of where I see things. I think there's a few teams in uh above us that we're better than i think we're better than yamaguchi i think i I strongly believe that i think iwaki has uh a few good talents but i don't know if they can hold it all together i think they're kind of overshooting i think we're we're a better team than them on paper uh and mito i think we're better than mito uh for sure i mean they they can't defend uh to save their life so I mean, neither can we, but at least we can score. So, mm. you know, mm. that's kind of the way I see it. Even though they're kind of ahead at the table right now, what's three or four points? You know what I mean? We get a few good results. Uh, you know, we, we brought in a couple of reinforcements, a couple of uh, old players returning. We, we brought in one of our youth academy prospects from Kantogakuin University mm. in the second division um, of the Kanto University League to come back for us which i think was the wrong person former youth prospect to come back but we'll get to that a little later Mm. um but yeah i think uh ultimately i think there was good signs at the end of the second half uh you know i'm still gonna say it i'm kind of yanagashita out at this point Mm -hmm. um might as well take the 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 director too because i mean i think uh you know james said it best it's sort of these empty CEO platitudes you get this oh yes know, the, uh, the the message on the homepage came out didn't it yes, yes yeah yeah and it was just like yeah we're all like trying better but it you know I don't know if there's a Google Translate uh, barrier that maybe I don't understand but the way that it was worded was like the player like they, there seemed like there was no blame on uh, Yanagashita right and it seemed like it was like on the players and we had to support the team or whatever and, like, the coaching staff. And it it felt like, you know, the director took some of the blame. 
he put a little bit of the blame on the players and like Yanagashita got off real light and I found that distasteful. Like I read a YouTube comment uh, that was basically talking about and I couldn't believe this it was on the Zweigen YouTube page. It was one of the top liked comments. And it was this guy essentially saying like this is kind of a disgrace for like the team. I don't know what we're doing with Yanagashita. I don't want to see him fired because he's been here for so long. But like clearly somebody has to take accountability for what's happening here because mm. I mean this is ridiculous at this point. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. Do you think so, it's yeah. Do you think it's the case that Yanagishita now has been there for so long that he might have a bit too much uh, power or a bit too much sway that it's actually oh, yeah. difficult to remove him even when it might be the right the right thing to do i mean it looks like i mean my my gut feeling is he's he's not going anywhere until the end of the season and then he'll probably be be moved on then kind of um fairly quietly it's that's what it seems like like there's nothing there doesn't seem to be any uh, i'm not talking about supporters now but the front office there doesn't seem to be any appetite for it for a change does there like you said no yeah and i think it's 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 a mistake um i think there's so many quality coaching candidates out there in the pool that you know we could bring in just to change it up mm-hmm. so many good university coaches there's so many good foreign coaches there's so many good domestic coaches like i don't know i think um i think six you know six years is long enough right and he had he was very successful at the beginning and then you know we've found ourselves in three relegation battles in the last three years right around this time so mm. i think as well you've kind of done a miracle escape every mm. time but like i don't know i don't know if it's worth it anymore mm. you also have to think as well as like how much is he getting out of a reasonably talented squad i mean it's it's very hard to accept that that you know you, you've name checked a lot of players that i agree with a, a good quality i mean we, we didn't even talk about a goalkeeper yuto shirai who's you know yeah no no, no way no way he should be in the bottom two in uh, in J two right so mm-hmm. yeah it's just the, the the question for me is like I, I'm not really sure if he is squeeze Yanagish does not squeezing all of the juice out of the orange with that squad I don't feel at all and I I totally yeah. agree with you I mean we, I was going to ask you where to draw the kind of relegation sort of dogfight line and you, you've answered that already you think maybe you know Sendai and below fourteenth down is is the kind of you know the relegated teams are going to come from that group and I agree I think that's I think that's fair but but mm-hmm. but you know and again I, I don't think Kanazawa are one of the two worst squads but they are not they're not reaching their potential and like you said someone mm-hmm. someone has to take responsibility for that and you know usually it's it's the manager isn't it so it's uh yeah it's just a weird yeah. it's just a weird I mean I mean I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily follow that firing managers it leads to improved results I mean you don't have to look at Sendai <laughs> Sendai to yeah, see an example of that true. but um yeah it's just a strange it's a strange situation I think where um yeah he's like too big He's too big to be fired, or he's too powerful to be fired. Yeah. It feels like too influential there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. What, what about Omiya then, uh, Victor? Were they? Because you, you mentioned, and I was uh, had to double check this on the and the league table. Because you mentioned how mm-hmm. tight how tight they were defensively in the first half um, mm-hmm. of the game on on Sunday, and obviously tight t- defensive solidity is not really 
if you, if you're playing a word association game, Ormia and defensive solidity don't necessarily yeah you wouldn't go think together. It, right? So were you were you surprised at how difficult it was for Kanazawa to, to to break them down in the in the first half? Because looking at the table, I mean, you know, Ormia and Kanazawa, the two uh, joint um, well, they're not the worst defenses because uh, I see Fujeda have conceded forty nine, but yeah. um, Kanazawa and Ormia forty seven each. So. Um, they on paper they're defensive they're as bad as each other but Omiya impressed you defensively in this in this game yeah I think they've had a pretty good run lately uh, defensively right I think they had a few clean sheets in their past couple of weeks surprisingly mm-hmm. and I think um, yeah they've kind of they turned it around is a is a is a strong word to say but they've at least stabilized in their are fighting compared to sort of the Naoki uh, Soma disaster era. So yeah. I think at least they picked up something from him, mm. or at least you know they learned their lesson late. Um, but mm. well, if they, yeah, they can, kinda... mm. oh yeah, sorry. Good, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just think that it's really interesting this whole strategy they have of just sort of like packing the midfield. They play four players right in the middle, and they just play this mid block. It's if I had to compare it, it's kind of how like uh, Saudi Arabia played in the World Cup, right? They were kind of content to like come back. It's like, all right, well, if you guys, if we're gonna give you guys possession of the ball, if you guys get possession of the ball, we're just gonna pull all the way back, and you know, we know that you guys are a countering team, so we're just gonna wait right here and make it really hard for you to get anything in the box. So and that just was like plug, plug all of the gaps, basically, like fill up yeah, all the holes. Was, uh, yeah. The passing lanes just were not there, and without Keita Fujimura to kind of launch stuff into the box, we kind of had to rely on Nagamine, who was pretty dreadful in that first half. I think he got shut down really well, and then, I don't know, I think Ida just kind of, uh, I don't know, got a little sloppier. He was just kind of drifting back a little more and Mm. kind of gave Nagamine the space to uh, move the ball up. But, um, yeah, we didn't have... uh, you know, our, our best players out. But I think, yeah, in terms of Omia, I just thought their their strategy against us was just really smart. It's almost like, it's like they actually did a scout, you know, they actually scouted the team and were like, all right, well, how do we stop this team? All right, you put a mid block in, you don't let these guys counter, and you don't let them run. And then they really did that extremely well in the first half. And in the second half, they started getting a little sloppy. We started getting loose. Um, we started getting chances, but we... Either they weren't on target, or they were kind of, you know, late connection headers, and yeah, it, would, it didn't really work out. But mm. yeah, their their defense was really really impressive. Um, they're especially from their midfielders. Um, I can't I can't say enough good things about uh, Take mm. Uh He's fantastic passer. He can hold the ball like he he makes good decisions. He can swing the ball from side to side. He defends really well. Maybe not the best like aerial threat, mm. um, or you know even challenging stuff in the air. Um, and yeah, Ichihara was uh, really surprising. A player that I I don't even I didn't even know who he was, um, but he was playing so hard. Um, I'm pretty sure he got carded at some point. I don't remember exactly when it happened. Mm. But he was playing extremely hard. Uh, he, he was kind of the guy from the back three that would kind of push up a little bit and meet the person with the ball. Um, and yeah, they were they were surprisingly good defensively. But I think it was more that they knew the game plan and how to beat us. 
and we didn't have our best guys that could create and i think we got out coached like plain and simple yeah i think i watched i i actually had the chance i watched the second half live uh, on mm. sunday night and i just uh, caught up on the highlights before we before we started talking and i think if i if i can just present i mean first of all if i were a kanazawa supporter there's no two ways about it it's desperately disappointing to lose the game yeah. no matter how you lost it because you know you don't want to lose to the team below you in the relegation zone right it's not it's not ideal mm-hmm. um, but I, I think yeah like you said the, the, it wasn't all it wasn't all negative there were, there were some mitigating mm-hmm. circumstances i mean they they you know, Olmia's first goal was an absolute uh, beauty. Right? It was almost like a wonder goal from uh, from, mm-hmm. from 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 Swerdshock that couldn't really be defended. And beautiful, then, beautiful. yeah, and you, you're always it's always going to be difficult if you concede two goals in the space of three minutes, which is mm-hmm. which is what happened. You know, you, you're giving yourselves too much to do um, against any team, really. Um, you know, at, at this level, and especially yeah. a team who is uh, playing well like Omiya. I think on uh, Norimichi Yamamoto, I thought a lot of his frustration was down to on that second goal, he's in a bad position, a bad starting yeah. position. Um, like, he, I think he should have realized that that where the ball was going to go and should have mm-hmm. maybe, he should have just been a little bit closer to, to Nakano. Like, if, if he'd been on his, uh, if he'd been uh, not on his heels, what's the opposite of on his heels? On his toes? If he'd been on his toes, yeah. he, he could have cut out that ball, I think. Um, yeah. But because he was like, oh, he was on his heels and he was like, I don't know whether he wasn't expecting the pass or he was maybe expecting the high ball rather than the driven yeah. like low one. And then, of course, it's not really his. Obviously, the ball hits him and goes in and it's an own goal, but that wasn't really his fault. He'd been turned around because he was out of position yeah. to start. With. And I wonder if that's just lack of match practice, maybe, because he hasn't played that much, right? This is his first yeah. game for ages. So. This is his first, yeah, yeah. Yeah, start, and he so did. Yeah, I did. Deal. I did notice him stepping up and making some good challenges, good interceptions, second half. I think maybe yeah. when he settled a little bit. So I think maybe, although he. <laughs> But based on, if you just watch the highlights, he basically had a bad game. He's obviously a good defender. Um, yeah. And it's a position where Kanazawa needed a little bit of help. So I think he'll come good. I think we just, he just needs, it was perhaps a mistake to put him in, you know, straight away. Yeah. Maybe in, in training, if you have a good look at him, you can see, okay, he's not quite sharp. Um, yeah. You know, or, or possibly they did look at him and she was like, hey, he's the sharpest guy. <laughs> he's the sharpest one who we've got. So we'll put him in. But it was a great ball as well, we should say, like you said, from Tatiana. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was but, just a great pass. But honestly. what once, yeah, what once you're 2 0 down at half time, it's, it's incredibly difficult. And maybe if they'd pulled one back earlier, you know, if they'd pulled a goal mm-hmm. back. I mean, you, how many times have you seen it in the J League? A team pulls a goal back right at the start of the second half and they end up yeah. winning 3 2, 4 2. It was just unfortunate. It was only in the 90th minute that they got a goal back and then there wasn't time. Time to build up any kind of momentum or, or head of steam yeah. and get any closer. But that, that game could easily have finished 2 2. I, I don't think I'm confident mm-hmm. saying that Kanazawa deserved to win the game, but they're a bit unlucky to get nothing. Um, yeah. But it was it was self inflicted by you know letting in two goals in the space of you know three minutes in the first half. It's always going to be difficult for a. Um, you know, for, for for them to come back. So, but yeah, t- talking about the league table again, um, Victor, I kind of agree with you. What I've been looking at um, while we've been talking is the goal scored mm. column. Yeah. And I think generally, you know, at this stage, if you've scored fewer goals than games played, you're going to be in trouble, right? You're going to be yeah. at the wrong end of the table. And of that bottom kind of six group of bottom six, bottom seven, it's only um, Mito and Kanazawa who are on more than a goal a game, right? Yeah. So 28 rounds in, Mito scored 33, uh, Kanazawa 32. Some of the other teams, I mean, some of them are not that surprising. Like Tochigi, 26 goals in 28 games. Yeah. Yamaguchi, 22 scored 
in 28 matches, I mean, you're always going to yeah. be in the relegation conversation, right? When you're, when you're scoring at such a low uh, rate. So I, I do think there are a lot of positives for Kanazawa to, to take away, that they're, they're scoring goals and yeah. um, they weren't absolutely thrashed against uh, Ormia. They, they were outplayed at times in the first half, mm-hmm. I think. Oh yeah, um, for sure. But in the sort of, I mean, we're on, it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday morning, right? In the cold, well, it's not cold, in the warm light of day. <laughs> In the warm yeah. light of date, it's a really disappointing result, but it's not. It's not terminal. You know, it's not. It's not final. Um, yeah. What, what, what I might... think looking at the table makes me, you know, a lot, a lot calmer. It's, yeah. it's, it's closer than it, than it seems. The only, the only thing I'd add, uh, and we, we'll come on to talk about sort of weekend fixtures, perhaps now, if if that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, oh, yeah. uh, Kanazawa go away to Kofu, and uh, Omiya at home against Akita. So we've we've just declared Akita safe based on the, the league table. Yeah. It's not yeah. inconceivable. If Omiya win and Kanazawa lose, then that gap is three points and uh, it starts to get very interesting. So obviously, as as, yeah. a, as as a neutral, that sounds very exciting. But I know for, for you and James and the, uh, the, uh, the, the Zweigen nation, that's uh, yeah. an, uh, not an enticing it's... prospect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially now with the... Toyama doing so well in J3, it's like, well, we're getting an Ishikawa derby somewhere, whether it's J2 <laughs> or J3. I mean, yeah. it's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, well, you look, 40, look, it's 14 games to go. There's still a third of the season to go and nothing, uh, nothing's decided. Nothing's decided yeah. yet. But to be honest, I had I had Omiya uh, dead and buried a few weeks ago and it looks like they might be uh, might be alive. Now they've got Switchshock yeah. up front, who looks like a real... Um, he's obviously at the wrong level. <laughs> you know, should be playing oh, in yeah, J one. No yeah, and they've oh, got no. yeah Kurokawa. Kurokawa's back uh, as well, obviously, and is uh, played yeah. in the middles. And they even, I think, for Omiya supporters, one thing that will be pleasing is for so many games this year up front, they just depended on Angelotti almost completely. And I think he was suspended. Mm-hmm. He was suspended for this game, and they've still gone away and, and scored twice and won. So um, you know, he, he'll be back in the fold, I think, for the next game. So Omiya have some positives. Kanazawa lost the game, but as we mentioned, I think they've got some positives as well. So I don't think the relegation picture is, is settled in any way, uh, shape or form with, with 14 games to go. And I even feel the same about the top. I think I had uh, about the same time as I mentally relegated Omiya. I promoted mm-hmm. uh, Machida and suddenly, <laughs> right. suddenly, well, suddenly there's a title race because they're only six points ahead of uh, Iwata now. And Iwata are, are, yeah. are going, going gangbusters, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah. Um, and I did read, there was something that I saw on Twitter, which I'll mention really quickly, is the... There is some kind of local company that operates a lot of um, parking areas, um, mm. uh, parking lots. You might know them as Victor, people. Car, oh, yes, car, yes, car parks, car parks <laughs> for uh, for the UK UK listeners. But they um they were that company was tweeting out that they've been having meetings with Machida Zelvia about kind of increasing sort of parking spaces near the stadium uh, for J one oh, nice. for for J one next year. Now. I think that's all well and good, but just in a sporting perspective, you kind of don't really want to be making it. You don't want to be too public about, you know, planning for J1 before it's, before it's signed and sealed. Settled. um, Yeah. yeah, It's good. It's good, good practice to do the preparation, but maybe it's just, it's just tempting fate to, um, to, uh, to but we'll we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, plenty to get excited about at the top and the bottom. Speaking of, uh, of Selvia, Sean Carroll just did a, a special on them that came out on the J League International channel. And mm-hmm. there is a moment in there where they're talking to uh, Eric, and he's talking about the differences between J1 and J2. And he says that the difference between J1 and J2 is in J1 there's space, and J2 there's no space. Mm-hmm. And he specifically said even the teams at the bottom here are good. So I took that as a direct reference 
from mm. Eric that Zweigen is a good team. You know? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a coded a coded uh, message that he, he yeah, wants yeah, he wants yeah, to yeah. play he wants to play at the new stadium in Ishikawa yeah, next yeah. next year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait, wait till he sees the wage the wage structure. That that might change his change his oh, mind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. An actual roof. You know, this is. This is the big time. Yeah, man. Yeah, come on, stop. <laughs> no, no more, no more slumming it in J one. Come, come oh, on. No. Well, we all we all know J two is the best, uh, the best division. But uh, don't tell, don't tell Sean or indeed Mike, uh, Mike Innes that I, I said. Oh, that. So, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Of course um, not. <laughs> Victor, on that note, we're we, we're on the clock. We're on the clock here, so we we could talk all day, but we we probably shouldn't. If it's okay, I just want to get your thoughts on. We, we'll talk about the kind of the week ahead in uh, in, mm-hmm. in in, in J League in J two. So this Wednesday night. Um, August the second. There's some midweek uh, excitement, right? All eight of the Emperor's Cup round four games are going to take place. So just quickly, I'll mention that the four games that have a, a J2 side uh, still around. So th- there's going to be a game at the slightly awkward time of six thirty p.m. That's Machida oh. against Niigata. That's uh, at Machida's Nozita Stadium. And then the other seven games uh, are all at seven p.m. But three of them have a J2 side involved. That's Kofu, the uh, the holders, of course. They welcome Kobe to the JIT Recycling Stadium uh, up in Kofu. Tochigi against Fukuoka is at the Kanseki Stadium. So another J2 VJ1 clash. And then Kumamoto uh, against FC Tokyo. I think if you look at the fixture card, FC Tokyo are the, the home team in inverted commas, but the game's going to be played at Kumamoto at Egao Kenko Stadium. So Machida, Niigata, Kofu, Kobe, Tochigi against Fukuoka, and Kumamoto against FC Tokyo. Um, considering that the J2 sides are all at home, uh, Victor, we, we, we can perhaps expect a, a, a good performance or two or a, a J2 victory or two, do you think? Where, where, where do you think we might see a J2 side uh, making it to the quarterfinals? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. I think, well, I think Kofu probably has no chance against Kobe, so I think we can take them out of the picture. Um, although that is the most interesting match to watch uh, for me personally, Kobe just signed uh, the best, one of the best, in my opinion, the best defensive midfielder from university, and I'm hoping that maybe we get a look at him there, but probably not. Um, his name is Kakaru uh, Yamauchi, uh, fantastic place for Sukawa. Um, so that's a game that I'm for sure gonna watch. I and you know, it, I think. Kofu is always an interesting team. They're they kind of I'm sure their players are motivated to kind of retain the title and pull up another miracle. Um, but honestly, I, I'm not sure if, if any of these J2 teams really has a shot. <laughs> if I, if I if hey, I don't don't forget them, don't, don't forget the squad rotation. <laughs> no, that might might make a difference. Yeah, I think yeah. you know if anything, if if I'm rooting for a team at least that I want to make an upset, it's definitely Kofu. Mm. Um, I think, you know, there, it's a fantastic story, first of all. Um, and yeah, you never know. I mean, I know Kobe's, uh, had a lot of injuries, uh, especially at, at the backside and they're playing a lot of their younger guys. So I think if anything, there's a small weakness there that might be able to be exploited. Mm. Um, mm. and yeah, I think that's probably, okay. probably, okay. yeah, I think the best the best one to watch. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I'm a bit more positive than, than you are. I think um, Machida gave uh, Yokohama Marinos a good beating in the previous round at home. So I, I think they might, might might ask Niigata a few questions as well 
uh, yeah, in the, in the game. And I'm not sure, for some reason, Tochigi against Fukuoka. Um, bear with me, the, the, the play styles of those two are not as dissimilar as mm-hmm. it, it might appear. So I wouldn't wouldn't be overly surprised if Tochigi... I'm not going to say they're going to win, but I think Fukuoka will yeah. know... Fukuoka will be in a game there. I think that'll be quite quite a hot, highly uh, hotly contested uh, game. But I, I think I tend to agree with you. Uh, Kofu might be the holders, but they're going to have the work out against Kobe. Uh, Kumamoto just in pretty rotten form in the in the league games, aren't they? So I'm not sure how... Yeah. Uh, how much how much they'll be able to trouble uh, FC Tokyo even if there's a lot of we, we expect a lot of rotation right from from the J1 and the J2 teams a lot of different different players will uh, will show up probably but I still think uh, it's going to be hard going for, for Kumamoto and, and Kofu I think yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to say this about Tochigi. I think they're uh, way better than their record indicates. Mm. Uh, I think uh, Koki Oshima is fantastic. Um, a great score, whether, you know, you need a, a shot in front of goal or to take a penalty. He's a really, really good player. Um, and I think they, they beat uh, Kofu recently, so I think that's something to look at. Mm. Um, mm. And, yeah, Kof, Kofu is, you know, they're... They're one of the best teams in J2, so I think uh, I think that merits respect. I think they're way better than where they are in the table. Mm-hmm. If you look at their goal differential, I think it's only like minus two. Um, so yeah, I think they're a team that's just gotten very, very unlucky with their results. Uh, but Tochigi, I think, is yeah, would be a would, could give Fukuoka a nice run for their money because they're way better, kind of like Kofu last year, right? They're way better than where they were in the J2 table. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that just happens, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Toshigi, yeah, maybe that is a good upset, actually. I'll take Toshigi. That's, uh, that's where my money is. That's good. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get at least one, uh, at least one or two J2 teams going through to the, uh, to, to, to the next round, to the quarterfinals. But um, mm-hmm. yes, now we, 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 we jinxed all of the teams equally, I suppose, by, by mentioning <laughs> yeah, them also. Maybe. Um, yeah. So Victor, how about the, the, the weekend action then? So as, as well as the, uh, the Empress Cup on Wednesday night, we have a full, full J2 program coming up at the weekend. We're already at round 29. Uh, of the season, so I'll run through the fixtures first of all. Then just ask for you for a couple, a couple that you think look uh, look mm-hmm. particularly intriguing. Just two games on Saturday, August the fifth, and they're both at seven p.m. It's the leaders Machida uh, going away to tenth place Okayama, and at Fujieda against Yamagata. So twelfth place hosting ninth. The rest of the games all on Sunday uh, with a, a trio of games at six p.m., including a couple of ones which I think we'll talk about uh, in a moment. Tokyo Verdi against Shimizu. Uh, that's third against fourth. Ajinomoto is quite a big game there. Kofu oh, yeah. against Kanazawa, right? So 21st uh, place Kanazawa, oh. they go away to 5th place at Kofu, a sharp, sharp intake of breath uh, there. And then yeah. at Na- Nagasaki, <laughs> Nagasaki at home to Iwaki is also at 6pm, so 6th place against 18th. And uh, the rest of the weekend games are all at 7pm on Sunday. So we have Iwata hosting Sendai, that's 2nd against 14th, being played at Ekopa Stadium rather than at Yamaha, so big, big crowd expected for Iwata oh, for nice. that game. Uh, there's Gunma against Tochigi, so eighth place against seventeenth. We're, we're not doing the neck brace jokes anymore because Gunma, Gunma <laughs> right. are really good, really good this season. Uh, Omiya against Akita, so a game that Kanazawa supporters will have a close eye on. I think that's uh, bottom uh, bottom hosting thirteenth. Yamaguchi against Oita, uh, intriguing looking game, nineteenth place uh, against seventh in that one. And then there's Tokushima against Jeff Chiba, twentieth against eleventh. And uh, Kumamoto against Mito, so two teams that are kind of on the fringe of the relegation, a dog right. from 15th against 16th. So um, 
And then there's quite a few bangers uh, on the slate, potentially, oh, Victor. Yeah, what, 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 what do you think? Well, I think there's three that kind of catch my eye. I think, well, obviously, Omiya Akita. I, I'm not sure if I'll, I'll watch it, but I'll definitely be keeping up with it with great interest for, you know, obvious relegation reasons. Uh, I'm obviously going to watch Swigen. That, that's a, a no-brainer. But I think the most interesting match is probably going to be Iwata versus Sendai. Um, my guilty pleasure is actually watching Iwata because I find uh, Endo to be such a fascinating player. Mm. He's probably, I think he's the best passer in J2. It's not even close. Uh, the man can't run or really dribble much to save his life, but it really doesn't matter because he makes quick reads, quick passes. I think they're fantastic to watch. Um... And yes, and uh, they beat Iwaki uh, last week, and I think you know Iwata's kind of done a pretty good job um, blowing out teams that they're better than, and then tying against teams that are worse than them. So I think that'll be an interesting match. It could end in a draw for Sendai. So uh, mm. yeah, I think that's a, a match I'm definitely gonna watch outside of the obvious choices. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. I, I had one, uh, one other. Obviously, Kofu against Kanazawa is one that we, uh, yeah. based on what we talked about in the first part of our our chat, is a is a big one for for, for Kanazawa. And obviously, uh, I think Kofu had a bit of a uh, bit of a disappointing defeat away at Tochigi, right? In the previous mm-hmm. game, kind of what you were alluding to, Tochigi can turn yeah. it on at times. So I think Kofu. I, I'm sorry to say, I think from Kanazawa's point of view, it might be a bad time to be going to Kofu because they'll obviously have had a bit of a. Um, in, in England, we would call a bollocking uh, after yeah. after the match the match against yeah. Tajiki. So you don't yeah. you don't really want to be playing against the team after after they've been beaten three 0 So we'll we'll see that it's the J League. So you never know. We'll we'll see. I thought Yamaguchi against Oita is quite an interesting match oh, because yeah. Yamaguchi. We we've mentioned earlier they're low scorers and they they're not the most mm-hmm. kind of imposing team. But I do think they've got some good players. And Oita, you know, they've gone from being second you know second and third a month ago to kind of sixth or seventh and then they find themselves outside the playoff zone now right on goal difference there in seventh yeah. and their form is not good with uh yeah four defeats from the last yeah. five i think this might be i'm not going to say it's make or break for oita because if you remember i wrote them off before the season started and then they, yeah. they were they were the pace setters for a while so yeah it's not make or break they've had a lot of injuries and they've got a lot of players to come back um, from injury, which I think is starting to come back now. So, I do just think, though, you know, if they're serious about making a tilt for the automatic promotion, they're six points off Iwata now. They really need to win this game, I think, away at Yamaguchi. I don't think they necessarily mm-hmm. need to throw the kitchen sink at, at Yamaguchi, but if they don't win this game, you know, that's one win in six. It's the wrong time of the season to be wobbling um, form wise, yeah. I think. And I think they might. Perhaps they're already discussing this, in, or fans accept it already, but I think automatic promotion looks like it's probably not going to happen. And they really need to focus on making sure they get that playoff place because, um, yeah, they've gone from being, every time I check the league table since February, they've been in the top six and suddenly they're not. And uh, granted, it's only on goal difference, but I think the um, whichever stages before the alarm bells ring, you know, like pre you know, pre, yeah. pre the pre-panic. They should be in the pre-panic stage, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This uh, is the anxiety stage. Right, yes, right, that's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. You just you're sweating a bit more than normal. You know, your hands <laughs> your hands are clammy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Yama and Yamaguchi. I don't think will make it easy for them. So 
Uh, I'm yeah. curious to see how that game They're how that game. game goes as well. They they can be very uh, a bit rugged, can't they? At, at yeah, times, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I also think Tokyo Verde against uh, Shimizu. Uh, you know, Shimizu supporters obviously travel in big numbers every time there's a game in in, yeah. in Kanto in Tokyo. So I think that might be quite a good um, game to actually go to. You know, that might be quite a good uh, good stadium good stadium yeah. experience. Yeah. Okay. All right, Victor. I think th- thanks for the uh, thanks for the roundup. That's uh, that's brilliant, and uh, yeah, always good to uh, to talk. You know, every time the the Kanazawa support group meets, it's always a good, uh, yeah, know, always quite cathartic, <laughs> isn't it? So uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, James. Yeah. I'm sure James. Uh, James was nodding along furiously um, at yeah, home when, while yeah. he was listening. So listen, I I owe him some money after that therapy session <laughs> uh, because uh, listen, when he was talking, I, I'll admit I I cried a little bit, no, but it really? was it was very cathartic. Yeah. And he said what needed to be said, and uh, you know I'm I'm glad he did it before uh, I exploded. So you yeah. know I'm very thankful. Yeah, J- James is uh, usually very measured and very metered, but um, that passion when it you know when it bubbles up, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's righteous and it's good good to yeah. be good to be a part of. So uh, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Well, hopefully uh, next time we talk, Victor, we're, we're talking more about how things are going right. At, uh, at Kanazawa, and uh, we didn't even mention how beautiful the the stadium is looking—the new stadium that's oh, going to yeah. be going to be used from next season. So, um, uh, yeah, perhaps that's something we we can we can talk on uh, talk about. Sorry, nearer the time, but uh, yeah, no 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 time to no need to panic just yet. Fourteen games to go, plenty of points still on the table. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating run in. Uh, I'm sure. Thanks so much for joining me. I know you've got holidays from work uh, at the moment, so it's really nice that you of took out, took some time Thank out. You. Yeah, took some time out to chat. It's much appreciated. I hope listeners enjoyed enjoyed the chat uh, as well. We will uh, leave J2 here for now, uh, but please stay tuned. It's not the end of the pod just yet. In a moment, uh, Magic Mike Innes is on hand. It's J Talk Short Corner and all of the J3 news as usual. So yeah, please stay tuned. Here comes Mike. J Talk Extra Time. Hello everyone and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host Mike Innes and in this episode I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 20 of the J3 season as well as previewing the round 21 matches coming up this weekend. There were eight games on Saturday the 29th. Just over 4,000 people, a season's best so far, were there to see leaders Ehime FC take on Matsumoto Yamaga. The game provided another example of Ehime being second best for much of the time, but still managing to avoid defeat, although here they did cut it particularly fine. That said, the mighty Mikans almost took an early lead when inform striker Shunpei Shukahori sent a glancing header against the near post. Yamaga then went on to have the better of the first half, and soon after the restart, they thought they'd taken the lead via a Ren Komatsu header, only for the goal very belatedly to be ruled out for offside. Veteran forward Kazuma Watanabe lobbed the ball onto the bar as the visitors continued to press, and it was a piece of sheer opportunism that finally put Matsumoto ahead with only two minutes left. Yusuke Kikui flicking a loose ball forwards for Komatsu to pounce and fire in a low shot that beat Kenta Tokushige at his near post. 
1-0 down going into injury time, Ehime nevertheless managed to snatch a point when they unpicked the left-hand side of the Yamaga defence. Yuta Fukazawa threading the ball through for Taiga Ishiura to curl it in from 10 yards. Final score, Ehime 1, Matsumoto 1. Kiyotaka Ishimaru's Ehime, without really convincing, extend their unbeaten run to 7 and stay top. Yamaga throwing away two points at the death with typical carelessness. They remain 6th. Meanwhile, at Shiranami Stadium, there was an exciting battle hosted by third-placed Kagoshima United, attempting to close the gap on Katare Toyama in second. Katare struck a blow in only the fourth minute. Tsubasa Yoshihira's through pass, catching Kenta Hirose asleep. Yohei Ono controlling it and poking the finish beyond Kenta Matsuyama for 1-0. Kagoshima's Noriaki Fujimoto missed a great chance to equalise moments later when he put a header just wide, but the 33-year-old quickly made amends, meeting Atsuki Satsukawa's deep cross with a far-post header that Tomoki Tagawa somehow let squirm over the line. Fujimoto also played a key role in Kagoshima taking the lead when nine minutes into the second half he caught Junya Imase in possession in midfield. Jin Hanato came away with the loose ball, wasn't closed down as he moved forwards and then let fly from 25 yards, this time giving Tagawa no chance. An Ono header well saved by Matsuyama was the best chance the away side had to draw level. And in the closing minutes, the hosts wrapped up the win as Eisuke Watanabe stole it from Hiroya Sueki and crossed from the byline for Shota Suzuki to power in a far post header. Final score, Kagoshima 3, Toyama 1. The teams remain third and second respectively, but the gap between them is down to two points. Among the chasing pack, are FC Imabari going to miss Dudu and Kazaki Nakagawa, both departed for J2? Not by the looks of things, as returning hero Kanta Chiba scored twice in the opening four minutes to put the Dark Blues in the driving seat at home to Tegevajaro Miyazaki. First, some woeful defending by Taishi Nishioka enabled Marcus Vinicius's low cross to reach the young striker for a close-range finish. Barely 60 seconds later, he blasted in a loose ball after good work by Marcus and Yuta Mikado. Tegevajaro had a chance to pull one back midway through the first half, as Harumi Minamino had a close-range effort well saved by Genta Ito, and then, in the follow-up, Daisuke Ishizu's shot was blocked by the alert Hayato Teruyama. But it was game over in only the 39th minute, Mikado winning the ball in midfield and laying it off for Marcus, who advanced on goal untroubled by Nishioka and thus was free to chip it calmly over Kokoro Aoki and in. Chiba almost notched a hat-trick when he hit the post from 12 yards midway through the second half. Final score though, Imabari 3, Miyazaki 0. A performance worthy of a team with the potential to challenge for promotion. Imabari here laying down a marker for the second half of the season. They stay fourth but are now only four points off the top two. Tegevajano tell a different story every week but let me put it this way. 
it'll be a lot easier for them to slip towards a relegation battle than to climb to the promotion places. They're 15th. Elsewhere, improving Gainare Totori pulled off an impressive win at Giravans Kitakyushu. Gainare went in front just before half-time. Makoto Fukoin's glorious through ball slicing open the home defence and setting up Yuta Togashi for a composed finish with the outside of his right foot. And a couple of minutes into the second period, Togashi made it 2-0, taking the loose ball, showing superb skill to manoeuvre past Oriosuke Tada and slot it in from 10 yards. Soon afterwards, it was almost three. Hiroto Sese clipping the outside of the post after a wild sliced attempt at a clearance by Rinpei Okano. And on 56 minutes, it was three. Giravance's back line in tatters as, from Fukuin's corner kick, they left Korsuke Masutani free at the far post, giving him space to bring it down and lash his shot in. As has become traditional, Giravants are set up to defend, and when that goes wrong, they don't know how to take the game to the opposition. But they were handed a consolation in injury time, a dreadful error by Gainari's Ryoya Izumi, acting as the perfect setup for Tada to score into an empty net. Final score Kitakyushu 1, Totori 3, Giravants in danger of undoing their recent improved showings as this was back to the sort of performance they were producing in the spring. Kazumaki Tasaka's team stay 19th. I keep having to check Gainari coach Kohei Masamoto is still a caretaker and hasn't been given the job on a permanent basis. And as I record, he hasn't. Because 12 points from the six games he's been in charge is promotion form. Totori, a tenth, level on points with Gifu and Hachinoha. A loss for Kitakyushu and also for bottom side SC Sagamihara, although they did have chances to take the points at AC Nagano Pasairo. In the first half, new signing Yuji Senema put a header just the wrong side of the post, but for Pasairo, their midweek arrival from Tokyo Veri, Korken Kato, put them ahead on 63 minutes, his well-struck free kick leaving keeper John Higashi motionless. Three minutes later, Sagamihara's former Nagano winger Carlos Duke rolled a one-on-one -on -one millimetres wide of the far post. While still pushing for an equaliser four minutes from time, Tsubasa Ando's shot deflected off Hayate Sugi and brought a brilliant save out of Taro Hamada to tip it over the bar. Final score, Nagano 1, Sagamihara 0. Paseiro complete the double over the visitors this year, bringing to an end a disastrous run of nine winless games. They climb to 13th. A first defeat in three for Sagamihara. Again, they're not far from success, but so often seem to fall short. They remain 20th and last. And in contrast with Sagamihara and Kitakyushu, the other team in the bottom three, Fukushima United, scored late to grab a crucial point at Kamatamare Sanuki. The home side had by far the better of things and finally went ahead just after the hour. Kei Munechika rising to glance home now Eguchi's in-swinging corner. 
Fukushima sounded a warning bell when Hiroto Higuchi put a shot just wide following a speedy counter-attack, and three minutes from time they struck, Tomohiko Miyazaki sending in a corner, Shun Obu getting to it at the near post and nicking it past Yusuke Imamura. Final score, Senuki 1, Fukushima 1. Kamatamare's inability to finish cost them. They slip to 17th. Mitsumasa Yoda's team scrap their way to a draw and remain unbeaten in three. They're four points and one place behind in 18th. The two J-League newcomers, Nana Club and FC Osaka, returned from their trips to Tohoku with a point apiece. Nana were at Iwate Guruja Morioka, where in the 13th minute, their ex-Guruja forward Shota Yomesaka gave them the lead, picking up on a flick by Sotaro Yamamoto and dispatching the ball inside the post from 20 yards. The host's keeper Kenta Tanno needed to continue his good form from last week, saving further efforts from Yomasaka and Yamamoto, and it was somewhat from out of nowhere that Iwate drew level just before the hour when substitute Kenneth Otabo latched on to a hopeful long ball, brushed aside Yuta Tsunami and beat Shinji Okada with a low shot. And the Paper Cranes went on to finish the stronger team. Atsutaka Nakamura hitting the woodwork from just outside the box. Kaidi Shinbo skying the follow-up when faced with an open goal. And in injury time, Shinbo and Otabo both having shots cleared off the line by Tetsuya Kato. Final score though, Iwate 1, Nana 1. The home side offering more in the way of attacking potential, perhaps not getting what they deserved. Guruja drop one place to 12th. Nana were clinging on at the end. The point means they stay 8th. Even before kickoff, Osaka's game at Vanrare Hachinohe looked a nailed-on goalless draw, and that is what transpired. Almost no goalmouth action. A long-range effort that went over the bar from the visitors, Kento Nishia, perhaps the nearest the match came to a goal. Final score very much Hachinohe nil, Osaka nil. Two poor performances in a row from Vanrare, who slip into the lower half of the table for the first time since the opening weeks of the season. They're now 11th. Three straight nil-nil draws now for Osaka. All credit to the handful of fans who travelled all the way north to watch that. They stay 7th. Then on Sunday the 30th, 2023's surprise package Azul Claro Numazu bounced back from last week's loss at Miyazaki with their biggest win of the season so far at home to FC Ryukyu. Azul Claro opened the scoring on 12 minutes when Kyota Mochi burst into the penalty area and was brought down by Makito Uehara. Mochi himself converted the spot kick for his fourth goal of the season. From then on, it was the visitors who played on the front foot, forcing a brilliant last gasp challenge from Tomoki Fujisaki when Ryunosuke Tada was through on goal, and a smart save out of Hiromu Musha from Takayuki Takeyasu's well-struck shot. 
But in the late stages, still 1-0 up, Numazu accelerated away with three goals in eight minutes, beginning when Takumi Hamas cross reached the far post and Naoki Sato, who side-footed home from a tight angle. Two became three when Ryukyu debutant Kosei Okazawa's pass out was intercepted in the centre circle by Kotaro Tokunaga, who immediately fired the ball goalwards over stranded keeper Junto Taguchi and into the net. A superb piece of improvisation from one of the unsung heroes of this Azul Clano team. And the scoring was wrapped up in the 89th minute. Desperate away defending at a Tokunaga corner. No one tracking runs by either Hagami Wada or Takuya Sugai. And it was Sugai who headed comfortably in at the near post. Final score, Numazu 4, Ryukyu 0. Clinical finishing, giving Azul Claro the points. They stay fourth, but are only two points off the top two. Ryukyu slip back to 16th, level on points with Sanuki. And finally, YSCC Yokohama brought an end to their winless streak by beating FC Gifu at Mitsuzawa. It could have been very different though, as if any team in the division is likely to shoot itself in the foot playing out of defence, it's YSCC, especially with the Jun Kodama's untamable dream of himself as sweeper-keeper. They got away with it twice within a matter of seconds early on. Kodama, 25 yards out of his area, failing to pick up on a crossfield pass and, as he scrambled to retain possession, kicking in the chest Gifu forward Korsuke Fujioka. Ryo Kubota fired the loose ball well off target. And moments later, defenders Yutaro Yanagi and Seiya Nikaido got themselves in a right old mess. Yanagi's rushed pass deflecting off Kubota to ex-YSCC forward Charles Unduka, who shot straight at Kodama from 10 yards. Two lucky escapes. Having got them out of their system at the other end, Sho Fukuda was a thorn in the side of the Gifu back line with his pace and movement. But since netting a hat-trick in round 13, Fukuda has lost his shooting boots and here was constantly off target. The only goal of the game came in the 66th minute when, putting a decisive end to a goal mouth scramble, Hiroto Domoto found space to fire a powerful shot past Shu Mogi, a first J-League goal for the Kaoru Mitoma of J3. The visitors' best chance for an equaliser came in injury time. Tomoya Ugajin's laser beam shot crashing against the post before Kubota brought a superb reflex save out of Kodama. Final score YSCC 1, Gifu 0. A first win in 7 for the home side who, in the compressed environs of lower mid-table, climb back up to 14th. Gifu are 9th but have only two more points than YSCC and now are without a win in 5. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 20. The top six are Ehime with 39 points, Toyama with 36, Kagoshima 34, Numazu 33, Imabari 32 and Matsumoto 29. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are 
Miyazaki with 25 points, Ryukyu and Sanuki with 24, Fukushima 20, Kitakyushu 16, and bottom of the table with 14, Sagamihara. Just time now for a quick look ahead to the round 21 fixtures this weekend when there are six games on Saturday the 5th. Leaders Ehime go to Gifu. Second place Toyama have a tough home game in prospect against Imabari. Kagoshima make the short trip to Miyazaki. Matsumoto take on Inform Totori. Another big match at the bottom of the table. It's Sagamihara against Sanuki. And Hachinohe are at home to Ryukyu. Then on Sunday the 6th, high-flying Numazu head to Fukushima. Any chance of a goal, please? Osaka host YSCC. Can Nagano build on their round 20 win there at home to Iwate? And finally, Nara welcome struggling Kitakyushu. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now. (laughs) 